here we are then at the end of our Lent series and we've been taking a journey through God's Word together trying to understand how we can get the most out of Lent and be best prepared for Easter. Last week we looked at the first couple of verses of Isaiah 6 and considered what it looks like to repent. Repentance is an examination that we need to be doing year-round but especially during the season of Lent as we prepare for the events of Easter. And so it's important for us to remember that when we do repent, God in turn does something special. Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. After Isaiah confesses that he is a man of unclean lips, which is a metaphor for sin, something astounding happens. Isaiah's sin is forgiven. Immediately after Isaiah's confession, God sends one of the angels over to him. And this angel is carrying tongs, and the tongs are holding a burning coal taken from the very altar of God. We're told that the angel puts the tongs into his lips and says, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. This really is an amazing image of God's grace and forgiveness. Because Isaiah did nothing to deserve this act of forgiveness and atonement. It's a little bit like in the Wayne's World scene from last week. All Isaiah has to say is, I'm not worthy. And then God's response is to forgive Isaiah. God provides purification for Isaiah through this burning coal. Isaiah's experience of forgiveness is really a perfect demonstration of the grace of God. It shows us that grace is God's unmerited favour. It's a gift given freely which the recipient doesn't deserve. Brennan Manning, the author of the Ragamuffin Gospel, offers this definition of grace. Grace means that in the middle of our struggle, the referee blows the whistle and announces the end of the game. We are declared winners and sent to the showers. 
It's all over for all huffing, puffing, piety to earn God's favour. It's finished for all sweat-soaked straining to secure self-worth. It's the end of all competitive scrambling to get ahead of others in the game. Grace means that God is on our side, and thus we are victors regardless of how well we have played the game. While Lent is a time to prepare for Christ, it's worth reflecting that the grace he gives us is not just something we receive on Easter, but every day, all day. The unmerited blessings of God that are evident in our lives. But the trouble with grace is, is it's so easy to fall into the trap of thinking that we are bargaining with God, as if it's an if-then thing. If we do good deeds, then God must give us grace or blessings. But that simply isn't how grace works. The atonement that Isaiah experiences in our passage shows that grace is totally one-sided. It's initiated by God and performed by God, and the only thing any one of us contributes to it is our sin. Martin Luther, one of the greatest teachers on grace, struggled with the temptation to see his work as some sort of contribution to his standing towards God. I myself have been preaching and cultivating faith in the one mediator through reading and writing for almost 20 years and still feel the old clinging dirt of wanting to deal so with God that I may contribute something so that he will give me his grace in exchange for my holiness. Still I cannot get it into my head that I should surrender myself completely to sheer grace, yet I know that this is what I should and must do. During this season of Lent, it is a good time to step back and have a time of honest reflection. I wonder, do you struggle to accept that there is nothing you can do to make yourself right with God? That your right standing with him, the gift of his grace towards you and your eternal salvation are simply free gifts completely outside of your control. If it does bother you, just remember that it bothered Martin Luther too. Immediately after Isaiah's lips are purified, after his sin is atoned for, Isaiah hears the voice of the Lord asking, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah steps forward and says, Here I am, send me. Lent is a time to remember that Jesus did not come to earth so that we could stay where we are at. It's a time to reflect deeply on our own mission for God. What am I doing building the kingdom? How am I letting God use me to spread the gospel of his grace? Lent is a time to remind ourselves that we cannot earn our way to the cross. We arrive at Easter morning only through accepting that we can do nothing to deserve being there, but by remembering that God has done everything that needs to be done. In Jesus' death and resurrection, God's gift of grace and forgiveness is completed. All we have to do is turn from our earthly ways, repent of our sins, and receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour in our lives.